Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And this week, we're talking about the crazy German expression-loving Tim Burton and his films, because we're looking ahead for uh, Disney's newest live-action adaptation of their beloved animated classics, Dumbo, coming out on March 29th, 2019, here in the States, and I believe worldwide, actually, on the same date. Um, Tim Burton's dumping his sauce all over uh, this classic cartoon and bringing it to life with um, some of his beloved cast members. In fact, we get Danny DeVito for the, I think, third, no, fourth movie that he's doing with Burton. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Michael Keaton will be his third and potentially fourth. Uh, I'm sorry, no, that it is his fourth because there's two Batman movies, um, and potentially his fifth because Beetlejuice two is still under production. If you believe that, um, and uh, and then you get Colin Farrell's in Dumbo um, and a couple of other big names who are not popping into my brain at the Eva moment. Eva Green. Ah, yes, Eva Green, who he's worked with with in Miss Peregrine's. Um, I like so her. Burton, uh, Burton is no stranger and no question an auteur, but he's had an up and down career. Um, he started super strong and has, uh, many people feel he has dwindled in his later years. Um, I've mentioned, uh, I think on our last episode, I mentioned a podcast I'm listening to called Blank Check that I think, Mike, you started listening to as well, right? I've started, I've actually started a couple, but that's one that I started. There's one that I... I don't want to take away from Blank Check. There's another one I'll bring up maybe if I remember later. Okay. Well, um, Blank Check is currently doing a Tim Burton uh, miniseries. <laughs> this is what the show does is they uh, they pick a director who had a big start and thus earned the quote-unquote Blank Check from the industry to make whatever they want, and then they follow their career to kind of see how that goes. Does it work out or does it kind of pan to be, uh-oh, this was a mistake, we should have pulled back. Um, they've done several directors. I've only really listened to the Burton one so far. Um, I did catch their review of Glass because one of the early episodes, one of the early miniseries was M Night Shyamalan, who definitely got the blank check because of Sixth Sense, um, and you, we've seen what he did with that. But uh, I, I had thought I was fairly well versed in Tim Burton movies, um, but he's he Dumbo will be his nineteenth directed feature film, uh, going back to his first, which was. Uh, Pee-wee's Big big Adventure or Big Top Pee-wee. I don't remember what the specific title of that Pee-wee Herman movie is. but um, uh, There's two. I th- well, there's Pee-wee's Big Adventure and then... The I, I, think, I think the Big Adventure is the one Burton directed. Though. Um, okay, okay. Yes, correct. But that's the one he had... I just pulled it up. Um, but he's got uh, 18 movies that have out, and then obviously Dumbo will be 19 coming out here soon. Um, and before this weekend, before three days ago, we're recording this on... Uh, March 17th on St. Paddy's Day. By the way, happy St. Paddy's Day, guys. Um, hope you had corned beef and cabbage like we did. I wish I did. Oh. Wow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. Well, uh, Mike's not a fan, apparently. But um, before this weekend, I had seen most of them. But I watched four Tim Burton films this weekend Dang. that I had never seen before um, to knock them off my list. And in preparation for this podcast... Uh, and I won't name them because they might be on my top five or they might not be on my top five. Oh. Um, but 
uh, I, I, there's only two that I've never seen, not counting Dumbo. And I don't know if you guys have seen them. If they're on your list, don't say anything. Uh, but I've never seen Big Eyes, which is the Amy Adams, Christoph Waltz film from 2014. And I've predominantly heard not great things about it. And I, I kind of want to see it. And I will now because I feel like i got to complete the list because I am a bit of a completionist. And since I'm this close, it's like, well, what's two more movies? Um, and I've never sat through the entirety of Dark Shadows. Um, but I've seen enough to know that I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does have a cast. Yeah, I mean, that, I guess that's something that he has in all of his movies, no matter, you oh, know. Yeah, uh, Eva Green's in that one, too. I didn't realize that. But um, if you don't know this, Dark Shadows has, obviously, Johnny Depp, but Michelle Pfeiffer, Helena Bottom Carter, which is no real surprise, Jackie Earl Haley, uh, Eva Green, as I just mentioned, um, Chloe Grace Moretz, who plays, like, one of the young vampire-type characters, the legendary Chris Lee, Alice Cooper's in this movie. Um, but it's one I've seen scenes and I've not been like blown away by what I've seen. So I've not been, uh, tempted to go to it, but those are the only two of his, uh, films I've not seen. Um, and, and then Dumbo, which I will see Dumbo when it comes out. In fact, even though and IMAX, I'm not super excited about Dumbo, but it sounds like you might be Corey. Are you excited about Dumbo? I'm super pumped. Actually, I was trying to avoid it because. We have a rocky relationship, Tim Burton and I. Um, and also, I don't understand why all of these Disney movies are being remade. You know, to be live action, I'm like, Money. let's go and make let's make a new story. But I think that all Disney movies are dark. They're really pretty in pastel and cartoon, you know, and have really fun music. But they all have, you know, a little bit of darkness in it. So I think that. I'm kind of interested to see what he does with that. Me too. Um, I just, I've not been blown away by the cast. trailers. Uh, you know what else though? I don't remember Dumbo very well. Really? Uh, it made me cry every uh, time I loved it when I was a kid. I, Apparently I liked crying a lot. No, I'm glad I'm, you're not the only one. I don't, I only, you know what I remember and I'm certain they didn't include are the crows. Oh, the oh. very racist crows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Belief. Um, uh, Surely, I mean, maybe yeah, no. yeah, no way, no maybe way. Maybe they have completely different style. If Michael Bay was uh, directing this, it probably would have stereotypical <laughs> crows. But <laughs> Tim oh. Burton, wow! Hey, have you not heard the robots in the Transformer movies, guys? I, I don't watch there's precedence well, I mean, for my claims here. Well, Scatman, Scatman, there's voice jazz in the animated. So surely, I, I would imagine he's paying a little bit of an homage or a nod to that. Mm, uh, it's not even like they they have a samurai one in the uh, fourth movie and uh it's the asian guy um wh whose name now i'm gonna be awful for not remembering but uh it's uh, there's no reason for it to be a samurai other than that it's voiced by an What's asian actor the fourth one? I, I don't even oh remember. the age the of Marky extinction Mark yeah that's the first age one with, with mark Wahlberg. Right, now i gotta now i gotta look it up because i had to look up eva green and i was getting the eva's mixed up i'm like because there's an Eva that's, uh, to me, is the kiss of death, who was very good on the other guys is and it everything Eva else. Uh, Eva Longoria? No, no, no. I'm not a fan of hers either. Oh, no, wait, no. Um, there's an, Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes, is, yeah, sorry. Who was fantastic. I, I loved her and the other guys and most everything else. It's like... <laughs> She's in Ghost Rider. She's in... Uh, yeah, see? Pitch. See? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what's... I, we Own the Night, maybe? Joaquin Phoenix? She's fine in The Place Beyond the Pines, guys. She is, but she has a small Fair part enough. in that. Fair enough, Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's true. She was she was so. Uh, 
She has her moments. I just she hasn't acted since 2014. Interesting. What? That's crazy. Probably when she was with guys? Ryan Gosling. Uh, Lost River. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. I watched that movie one time. I don't understand why it was booed at whatever festival. It wasn't the best movie, but it wasn't the worst. Mm. It's Gosling's, uh, I think his directorial debut? Maybe. Hmm. That sounds no, right, no, actually. but I can't find Samurai Transformers so far. Oh, it's man, I I, I totally know it's it doesn't have it's not called Samurai Transformers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, I'll look it up because I I feel awful for not remembering. I I actually know the actor and it's just not coming to me. Um, Transformers, Age of Extinction, which was really bad. I I didn't see the last night or the first night or whatever the crap the last one was called because I was just like whatever. Um. But Michael Bay, notoriously um, bad at uh, stereotypes with his characters in general. Hence my joke from earlier that I, I guess I shouldn't still have to be explaining. But hey, I still am. Um, <laughs> I, I just didn't really. You know, that tells you how uh, out of tune I am with Transformers. And, uh, yeah, I've not watched any. Um, the first one still has moments. Everything after the first one gets progressively horrible. Hmm. And... Um, you know, they need a, a flying elephant transformer. That would we don't be have enough of those. But yeah, so Tim Burton. Um, Corey said she's had a kind of up and down uh, fandom of his. I would say mainly a fan until... what? Do you remember what movie kind of turned you away from, from him? Um, I mean like a big fan. He was my favorite director for the longest time. I even have his poetry book, uh, Oyster Boy. Mm. Uh, um. <laughs> Which I like. I would suggest that to somebody. It's fun. Um, I think... So, Big Fish came out, and then very shortly after, Corpse Bride came out, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why are you spitting out movies like King- Stephen King is spitting out novels? Well, why are you doing this? Um, side note, Ken Watanabe plays the vo- uh, voices uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's the... Okay. the some voices. Uh, and then there's one... There are the two robots... Um, in the second movie, I want to say that are like the real racial stereotype of, of the real little ones. Yeah, the, they're the one, they're yeah, just, those are bad. Yeah, super bad. super racial stereotypical. But all right, um, so going to Burton. So Corey was kind of tired of him spitting movies out left and right, um, which I don't feel like he continues to do though. That might have just been a coincidence. Um, he may have been working on Corpse Bride for a while before it was released. Plus, that's two years apart. Was it? Yeah, 2005. What was the movie right before that, then? Was it Big Charlie Fish. and the Chocolate Factory? Um, no, that was the same year. That's the same year. As, okay, that's, that's right. it, then. So Horse Bride and Charlie um, are the that's same it. year. Got it. Okay. That was what it was. Sorry. But he you probably was working on Horse Bride for, for a while. Yeah, a couple of videos for them. Hmm. I did not know that. But um, On their best album. Mike, I, I picked this list because I made a bold assumption that you had also... Uh, been a fan of Burton enough to have seen at least five of his movies. Um, what is your uh, kind of connection to the director? Um, I would. I mean, it's funny because over the weekend we there was a couple of Tim Burton films that were on, and I, I'll just deliberately avoid it because it's on my list, and he has this group of people he likes to work with which i kind of want to know why they didn't work together after a while um we'll get to that uh, at some point i think that's what my connection is because i kind of had that huge celebrity crush on them Ah. so i kind of went from there 
Got it. And actually, he's he that he ended up working with another uh, person too. That I'm like, <gasps> which I think elevated even more, and that's a whole different story on that one. But yeah, yep. I just I'm looking back as far back. There's a few. See, I, the Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I stayed far, far away from anything Pee Wee Herman. I just, I think he set off some alarms for me, and that you know he ended up. But I mean, no offense to him because he was really good in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just, yeah, uh, it wasn't that. It would have been. It would have been this movie. It has to have been this mo- movie pick. Either that. Uh, there's two possibles on my list that were why I just was like, oh. I kept an eye open, and geez, I'm looking. I mean, he goes back to back to back. Very rarely having a downtime here. I'm looking at. Yeah, no, he yeah, like works. every year. And keep in mind, um, at one point in the in the mid '90s, he was supposed to direct uh, Superman. Um, yes. Or Death of Superman, or Superman. Re- Superman lives. lives. Superman lives. lives. That's right. Superman reborn. Superman reborn. Superman lives. And there's a, a documentary called things. Death of Superman Lives. Uh, what which, showcases yeah. the crazy story i mean and to the point where nick cage was gonna be superman they were doing costume testing they were doing script reads like it was oh. that close to happening and it just I'm doesn't um, superman yeah it was i am oh. L. could you imagine like <laughs> i can't imagine L- lois um tim burton superman I... oh god and not to mention that uh the one of the writers or one of the producers was adamant about having a giant robot spider <laughs> and that and robot spider having his giant robot spider in wild wild west because he yes, produces uh, that and forces that in that film instead another um, destruction of my childhood yeah so yeah folks we're gonna get into our list if you've never listened to the show before we pick a, a topic and then in secret we each make our top five list um and this episode will be us revealing that um, we go from five to one, one being our favorite, or in some cases, if the list is a negative, but this one's a positive. This is our top five uh, Tim Burton films, and in honor of the release of Dumbo, his newest and number 19 on the feature list for Tim Burton, which is quite a catalog when you consider um, Pee-wee's, Pee-Wee's Big Adventure, his first feature came out in 85, um, so he's doubled I guess it's about right. I guess 20 films is about right in the, the, the year. And it's a little under 20. So not quite um, a film every two years. But, um, well, no. I guess I'm horrible at math, everybody. That's what we're learning here. This is, it's almost, what, uh, 35 years? It's 34 years since he started? So it's it's pretty good. It's a pretty good number of movies um, in that time. But let's see how we, we deal with them. Um, before we get into we like to have complete reign to say whatever we want about these movies since they are in our top five. So, Corey. Guys, go to BurgerReviews.com and check out each of our top five list. We might talk about these movies in great detail. You've been warned. And in fact, I will point out, uh, this is a detail I don't know that Corey was aware of, but our podcast uh, host, we actually are able to put our top five list in the show notes. So if you just look at your podcast app you should be able to see details of the podcast and you can see our top five list right there so you don't have anything or if you're like later you've listened to the episode and you're like what was that one movie they were talking about you can just look at the app and see exactly what we were talking about that way you know what movies we each picked um it's written in digital stone if you will um now the other thing this podcast likes to do uh mike normally has a tendency to have picked very obscure films and we like to wager uh, how many of Mike's films Corey and I have seen? Um, in this case, I'm feeling pretty confident 
But Corey, I'll let you take first. Should we, should we alter this in some way? Maybe you should take bets on what you think my number one will be. I don't know oh. because the, the odds are much better on this. With with what did you say about twenty? I've seen, I have seen, uh, what is it? Sixteen of eighteen possible movies you could have seen. So yeah, the odds are so, in my favor. <laughs> and two yeah, of them. Settle, settle, right, settle down there, Katniss. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. Mike's right Corey why don't we wager on Mike's number one Tim Burton film okay who gets to go first I'll still let you go first okay I'm gonna go with dang it cause I know that's, that's I know who your who your crush is yeah, so um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Beetlejuice I was going to go Beetlejuice, so I'll go Edward Scissorhands. Mainly because I know, because of Instagram, that you watch Beetlejuice this weekend, Mike. So, um... I know you're all not going to tell, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> My tells. My tells are telling. <laughs> um, but that said, so Corey said... But I'm not telling which one of you is correct or incorrect, I will say that. True. Yeah. We'll find out. Um, that said, this week, I'll be going first... Uh, then Corey, then Mike. Um, so we'll have to wait till the very end of the episode to find out which one of us guessed correctly. And I, I do feel like you're probably right, though, Corey. But since you got to go first, uh, it was in your court. Um, so I'll start this off. My number five Tim Burton film I had not seen before this weekend. So this is one of the ones that I pushed off and had uh, not seen paid off because it's right now it's in my top five. Um, one... When this movie came out in 1996, I immediately thought it looked horrible and had no interest in ever watching it. Um, and that movie is Mars Attacks. <laughs> now, interestingly, um, I showed this. Not only did I watch it, but my daughter decided to join me, which doesn't happen very she, often. She watched that with you? I she wish watched... I knew you were watching this. Oh, man. Um... I, I'm. We went uh, to dinner and we came home and I was like, I need to watch this and uh, two other. I had planned on only watching three, but I ended up fitting a fourth one in that I had not seen. Um, and I told her what it was, and she's like, that actually sounds kind of fun. I'm like, cool, let's watch it. <laughs> and uh, we both had a blast. One, the freaking cast in this movie, especially because some of them are before their time. So let me just run through right, Tim Burton's can, film. Can, can we ta can we tag team like Mexican rice? Oh, sure. Are you, uh, is this your Be number five? Because this is my number five. Oh, yes. Nice. And, and I totally highlight, I mean, I don't know who you started with, but I mean, it's Pierce Brosnan, mm -hmm. Michael J. Fox, Sarah Jessica Parker, Natalie Portman, Lucas Haas, Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Jim Brown, Jack Black, yep. Joe Don Baker, Christina Applegate, who I, I don't even remember, uh, Pam Greer, who I definitely remember, and oh, yeah. Tom Jones, which I remember oh. in the trailer, they go, yes, Tom Jones. I feel like you might have uh, skipped Natalie Portman, unless I just uh, didn't I, hear. Yeah, I did I actually had her in between Sarah Jessica Sorry. Parker and Lucas okay. who is another one of my crushes as well. Um, that she only did this one with Tim Burton. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but but also okay. uh, Ray J. I'll tag you back in. Ray J. is one of Pam Greer's sons, the the Brandy's brother. Okay. Um. So. Oh my yeah, god. And the reason the Kardashians are famous. Thank you, Ray J. Um. Oof. Uh, Thanks but, for tainting this I know, right? with that. <laughs> um, but, okay, so Annette Bening in this movie shocked me because she is – and Glenn Close because these are two prestige-level <laughs> actresses, right? And then um, – and Jack Nicholson playing two roles for no apparent mm -hmm. reason. There's no payoff for it. He just – apparently – and Be this is 
from Blank Checks. I just listened to the Mars Attack episode, which is a really great episode of Blank Check because um, Paul F. Tompkins is the, the guest, and he is always funny. But apparently Jack Nicholson just wanted to do every role. Like when the script was given, yeah. he, wa- he wanted to play every role they would <laughs> he, let him. He, he probably, yeah, you it. know, and, and now thinking about it, that's got a very Doctor Strange love feeling to it. It does. Or maybe, it does. Uh, and, and even the, the tone it's just instead of nuclear annihilation, we're having interstellar yeah. invasion. Yes. And, uh, but there is still talk um, of nukes in this movie, so like it's not too far right. off. There's the big war well, room sequences. And, and, and yes, which that oh man, see I never caught that until I started thinking about it now. Yeah, uh, I totally that was I I've watched Doctor Strangelove twice in the last two years. We did it for Movie Club, and I watched it just for my own like film viewing, trying to knock off the Kubrick stuff. And so as soon as uh, Mars was go- like Mars Attacks was like full force, I was like, God, this reminds me of Doctor Strangelove in like the best way. Like I had so much fun watching this. My daughter and I were laughing our butts off. I am a huge Michael J. Fox fan, as I think you guys know. But like <laughs> his role in this movie is so different. It's not like mm-hmm. anything else he ever plays. I'm also a big Jack Nicholson fan. Um, I love seeing him one because he's kind of contained Jack Nicholson. And in this movie, like not the not the uh, the the Vegas guy's not contained, yeah, but the I was president. Yeah, say that guy was way over. Yeah, the president is very presidential. Yes, and every time you think he's gonna go crazy, he doesn't. Nope, and he keeps it together. His wife's a little off. Yes, and, oh, and ladies, Natalie that's Portman. What you're yeah, and I think Natalie Portman's <laughs> character kind of introduces the emo c- culture. Like, she's, like, sitting in bed and, like, under a black curtain at one point in the movie, and she's always real sardonic and just, like, whatever. Life is crazy. It's as if Lydia Dietz would have uh, yes. graduated to being the first daughter. Yeah, I mean, and, Tim Burton's already uh, credited it's... with emo culture, right? So it's hard to not throw that out there. But, um, yeah, man, th- not to mention, too, the the visuals are like there's moments that are kind of horrifying in this movie like mm-hmm. the skeletons well, like well I, I mean the, I the, love the it. cards the cards and see okay well uh, to be to be truthful I, I thought this would be an unpopular opinion so I'm glad that I'm not the only one who had this one at this pick. yeah um, I, I I couldn't see putting it up near my number one slot but this definitely. Uh, I, I, I know we're changing it and doing a dishonorable mention list, and I figured this one would be there on oh, that, man. but it's not. No, and, and it's just, I think now it's aged a little better. Uh, my worry was because I only barely knew the Topps card series, mm-hmm. which was um, the, uh, I, I thought it was EC, but it's Topps from way back in the 60s. And I, I vaguely remember them, and even those had little kind of templates they were already kind of like the little mini storyboards for what this movie could get to yes and it was not as um as graphic but it it alluded to some of what you actually got to see but but, then on the same note i mean there was the the way they handled it was was darkly humorous so it worked mm -hmm. well apparently the tops cards got pulled from shelves though because they Mm -hmm. were freaking people out um, and again, I know a lot of this stuff from the uh, blank check episodes. I can't take any credit. All of the knowledge that sounds like I did a lot of research is I listened to a podcast. And I'm assuming they did a lot of research because if you've listened to the blank check podcast, those guys are movie nerds at a level that I only strive to be. Um, but yeah, I I can't believe I never went to this movie. Um, I'd heard people reference it and they it's kind of like, the comical JFK because like JFK has got tons and tons of tons of care, like big name actors in it. Right. And this is like 
not a serious movie with tons of big name actors in it, and a lot of them again before their time. Because like Jack Black is <laughs> almost doing a Forrest Gump impression. Like there's a line he delivers that sounds straight like a Tom Hanks line from Forrest Gump. Like oh, see, I I thought more Full Metal Jacket. Definitely, uh, Vincent oh. D'Onofrio. Yes, Vincent for D'Onofrio sure. Vincent D'Onofrio character is what I would have figured. But I mean, literally, his voice sounds like Forrest Gump at one point. Oh, okay. Like, like it's one it's one line read, but I, like literally, we watched Forrest Gump Wednesday. Taylor had never seen it. We watched it for the first time by coincidence. What? And then, um, then I, we watched this Friday night, and he does that line. I'm like, oh my god, that sounded like Forrest Gump. Like, and this movie's two years after Forrest Gump, so it's very probable that it was unintentional or intentional on Jack Black's fault. Like, maybe subconsciously, he's thinking like, I, I'm kind of a, a doof hill, hillbilly soldier. Forrest Gump, you know, um, but uh, it's funny you brought up Vincent D'Onofrio though. But um, not that he's in this movie. But oh, and Martin Short too in this. Uh, oh, and he was so young. He is very young looking, and uh, Lisa Marie is uh, Tim Burton's fiance, um, and is his fiance for a long stint. She's in several of his movies. Um, she plays uh, the alien, alien humanoid. Yes, yeah, yeah, the one with the big beehive. Yes, and the chewing gum <laughs> that yes, he that the, Martin the Short picks up. Yes, the nitrogen, nitrogen gum, nitrogenated, nitrogenated. Yes, yes. Um, I'm but, sorry, I'm very you're human centric, not Martian centric. Correct, and I, I I did just watch this like literally two days ago, so my my memory is quite fresh on it, and I believe I listened to the podcast yesterday. Um, now this is another fact that is not from me, but I found it very interesting. Is that this is the same year, 1996 that Independence Day comes out. And Independence Day kind of squashed this movie because Independence Day came out in July. This comes out in December, which why did they pick Christmas for this movie? I can't tell you. Um, But they they should have gone for one of those low, you know, those weekends that isn't as crowded on the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and hopefully tried to beat Independence Day to the release. And maybe, maybe that's what it was. They wanted to separate as far as they could. And and at that point, those two movies, were made without knowledge of each other. Like, they weren't competing. That was, you know, it's not like Dante's Inferno and Volcano. Like, these weren't movies that were like, oh, we were going for the same audience. One was a very serious alien sci-fi film. The other is kind of a throwback to the the Ed Wood era 50s sci-fi, you know, B-movies. But with a way better cast and and a big budget, you know. Um, But, yeah, uh, Mars Attacks Core, you've seen this too, it sounds like. Um, I (laughs) try to take a cue from you and tried to watch I was like I'm gonna watch Mars Attacks and I just got to the part where they pretty much land and then blow everybody up Mm -hmm. and um, I I watched it a long time ago I guess when it first came out probably on HBO or something I remember watching it on at least some of it on TV and I was surprised how much of it I remembered but Christina Applegate is uh, Jack Black's girlfriend. girlfriend yeah Okay. Yeah, and I was like, "Who is that?" There's and so I... many funny parts though, because uh, the 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 Martians are just a holes, and yeah. when you uh. didn't, you didn't get there yet, Corey. But like, there's a we have the humans created a translation device that, I mean, I I question how feasible that would ever be to make one that fast. But nonetheless, um, the oh, aliens I'm are running it. around. It 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 amounted to a reel to reel thing that I yeah. think they already pre preset sayings. So, <laughs> but well, but later they're running around. The aliens are holding the machine that we made, 
and it says, don't run, we, <laughs> we mean you no harm. We, we come in peace. And they're, like, shooting people, but they're running around because humans are so stupid, we keep, like... Maybe. <laughs> the dove means peace. <laughs> we, we keep giving them the benefit of the doubt, and they just keep killing us, and it's so freaking funny. <laughs> Every time, too, they do it over and over again. They just, like, they, like... Like you can tell, they take joy in in messing with us. Like, like, are they still gonna fall for this? Yes. Okay. Well, let's go with it, and then we'll just kill them all. Um, it, it's oh <laughs> it's, man, it's it's like the alien version of lighting up poop on a paper bag and putting it on the is, front porch, and we kept Billy stamping Madison. on it. <laughs> you know, and I forgot to mention Rod Steiger because he was the big the military the general. Yes. Yes. Very much pushing for uh, launching the nukes, mm-hmm. which I thought was a great little scene, and then they do launch. And it basically gets absorbed by yeah. whatever device. That's the thing is that the aliens have all these weird little contraptions. They experiment. We get to see Sarah Jessica Parker's head on a small dog. Which oh, is man. Just... Oh, actually, Kim... they switched it. Uh, didn't they also have – what did Pierce Brosnan's head end up on? Oh, just dog? floating. It's just floating. Okay. So, oh, so they get a little Futurama thing going on yep. there. And it, it – okay. I mean, going into – I can see where it flopped. I think the timing would have been terrible going in and obviously it's definitely got a very low opinion of the military because they're made to look like bumbling idiots and they're yeah. obviously taken out by superior technology um and I, I you know you say that they're a-holes i think that they're just very not uppity but think they're so much better than us yeah like the meme like the meg meme with family guy and and you know technologically they are but well, they're see, still savage i didn't want to steal the joke from blank check but they refer to them as um like punk rock kids you know like they're they're like throwing eggs and like they're like oh oh is this gonna be okay and then they just kick them in the butt you know it's like constantly causing mayhem and chaos just enjoying it um but either way it's mike and my number five movie mars attacks um i got that. i got that. And and not Corey's. It's not on Corey's list, but she did start to watch it, so that's kind of interesting. Um, she is suspicious. We our Martian tendencies need to be eyeing her. So uh, that leads us then, I think. Um, unless Mike, I don't want to cut you off because you were kind of stealing your number five thunder. Uh, is there anything else you want? No, to no, bring? no. I'm, I actually was very concerned that nobody else would pick this, so I'm glad that we were on the same boat. I just. I hadn't seen it in so long. I kind of was like, "Oh, that would be a fun watch again." Because I, I, to be truthful, I watched this in the theater. Oh man! I, I wish I had. And yeah, and I don't know what led me to that. It was one of those. Let's see, ninety six. Yeah, my poor now wife probably suffered through it. Um, I'm curious what her opinion is of it now myself. Yeah, but I was really happy that not only I liked it, but my daughter also had a blast with it. It was just tons yep. of fun. Because I kind of thought she might check out on me like halfway through and just like go into her room, and she stuck it out the whole time. And even I think she had to go to the bathroom at one point. And I think she even asked me to pause it. Like so, it's you know that she was that in, interested in it, and she she has liked a lot of Burton stuff. She is uh, missing several, but like she's a she likes Edward Scissorhands a whole lot. She hasn't seen Beetlejuice. Which we can't talk about any more details right now, but um, that's one that I can't figure out why she still has not watched it because, like, I know she's gonna love that movie, um, and she just keeps like pushing it back. But one day she'll watch it. But okay, so we've I've talked enough. Mike's talked. Let's go to Corey. What is your number five Tim Burton movie? Okay, I uh, I had to go with Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> um, oh, nice. Yeah, I loved Pee Wee when I was a kid. Yeah, we know about that. Whatever. 
in the movie yep. in the theater it's fine um it's not fine know, <laughs> i mean he did well, go to jail I mean, for it is all i'm saying like it's not it's not okay to word, do anything i'm not okay i should re never mind yep let's just ignore what i just said but I don't even remember what year that happened. I know I was pretty young, yeah. but I loved Pee Wee's show too. And I'm forgetting the name of that right now. But anyway, big fan of Yes, thank you. And I oh, wait. Do we like, have a word of the day? Because we can all scream. Ah! ah! I didn't want to. I, I don't. Wait, what's the word of the day? Oh, I don't know. I... Word. <laughs> Burton. Yes, Burton. Yeah. Is Oh All god, right. that's gonna get real annoying real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I tried watching uh, some of that. Job, my job is done. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but anyway, I had to go with this movie. I rewatched it last year just to see how I would feel about it, you know, as an adult. And I still just thought it was really I liked it a lot. I wanted to punch him in the face because he's mean to that girl that has a crush on him, but I I liked it still. I thought it was fun. So um, I haven't seen this in years. Like, I, I probably saw it as a... I definitely saw it as a kid because I was a huge Pee Wee Herman fan. Like, I had the doll where you could, like, pull the string and he would say the annoying catchphrases and, and things like that. I had the little, okay. like, characters. Uh, a little scary, actually. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was a big fan. Um, and obviously when he did the, the thing, like, that was where the toys went away. Um, but Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because it was mm-hmm. like... You know, I was... My mom was aware of it and... Uh, you know, it wasn't like completely. Like, it wasn't like, oh my god, get rid of it. But it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to continue like playing with the toys and stuff, um, knowing that he's done this thing that's illegal and he's gone to jail. Even if I didn't fully understand it at that age, you know, still it was like, what? Um, well, being that I was here in, in Florida as well, I think it got a lot of coverage fast here. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Thanks, Florida. But yeah, Florida man in in a movie theater. Um, but I, I haven't seen it in years. It's on. I, I've I have seen it uh, for sure. But it's been a long time. Um, and when he he had a resurgence a few years ago where he took Pee Wee's Playhouse on tour. I think it was either on Broadway or just on the road. And um, I tried like to rewatch it. And I I can't. It, it's it had its moment. It's past. I'm done. Um, I'm good with Pee Wee for now. So, but more power to you, Corey, putting it on your top five. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly have never watched this. I can tell you, I I wasn't a fan of the TV show. I don't. I think I, I mean I'm older than you all, so I'm, I wasn't that market. Who was the guy? Was it Lawrence Fishburne? Who was the cowboy? I don't know. Oh, that would have been. I think that you. Considering I didn't watch it, now I gotta. Uh, here we go. We're looking it up. Phil Hartman was on it. See? Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne was Cowboy Curtis. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. What? Morpheus. Man. Morpheus began. This is why we're stuck in the Matrix. Yeah. Matrix, because <laughs> you go from the playhouse to becoming part of the savior of humanity. That's madness, for sure. Um, <laughs> See, we are in the Matrix. But, man. Uh, well... That's Corey's number five. Uh, as we said, Mike's number five was the same as mine, Mars Attacks from 1996. So that's back to me now for number four. And it would be funny if Mike's number four is also my number four. But um, I will tell you if it is, so we'll find out. I will say, and this is uh, this is the only other one that I watched this weekend that got made its way onto my top five. And it was hard to decide. In fact, uh, I would say my top eight, It was there was a, the 
from eight to like four, I could have moved anything around and I probably would still be okay with it. But I ended up uh, picking this one because, um, well, I'll, I'll get into it. But I went with uh, Tim Burton's 1994 film, Ed Wood. Um, I love movies, and I love movies about filmmakers, even maybe not so good ones. Um, and I, I, man, this movie's black and white. It features some really great performances. Uh, Johnny Depp apparently discovers his uh, Willy Wonka character while making Ed Wood because... If you've seen this movie, and if you've seen Willy Wonka, well, sorry, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the inflection and the the intonation of his voice are the same, at, especially at key moments where I was just like, it's kind of weirding me out. I think this guy is, is Willy Wonka, um, or at least, you know, Tim Burton's Willy Wonka, and obviously he literally is, but um, I, I mean, so Ed Wood is portrayed that way in this movie. Um, it also co-stars Martin Landau, who is really great as Bella Lugosi. Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, which is just two years before she would work with Burton again, another sign that he is an auteur because he does reuse a lot of the same people. Uh, Patricia Arquette um, shows up in this, and for her, a very subtle role, which I kind of liked a whole lot because a lot of, I mean, she's kind of subtle in Boyhood, but she has those like big like breakout moments in Boyhood. Um, but uh, I mentioned Vincent D'Onofrio. Well, you mentioned him, and I was like, funny, you should bring that up because he's in one scene in this is. movie. But he plays yeah. Orson Welles in that scene. Uh, and I was watching it. I'm like, he's not doing that voice. Because that voice sounds way too much like Orson Welles. And sure enough, after I Googled it and did some quick research, it isn't D'Onofrio doing the voice of Orson Welles. He's, he's lip. He's, uh, you know, he's saying the words, but they dropped his audio. And they dubbed in the guy who was the voice actor for The Brain in Pinky and the Brain. And huh, also in those sense. cartoons, the Animaniacs, they had this episode where it was freaking Citizen Kane, which, just to point out the gall of cartoons when I was a kid, that the Animaniacs would think it would make sense to a bunch of kids to basically do a quick parody version of Citizen Kane, and anyone would get the reference. I mean, they got the rosebud and all. Like, how how ballsy of a cartoon is that? Because no way any kid watching that understood what they were seeing, you know? Um, but the voice of that guy is actually voicing Orson Welles there, which, yes, because uh, it very much is the same. But Bill Murray's in this, um, and everyone who knows me knows I'm a huge Bill Murray fan, although his role is small, um, small-ish. small he, he does have a few different scenes, but he's not ever, like, present for very long. But um, I knew very little about Ed Wood. Uh, I am planning, possibly after we re- finish recording, watching Plan 9 from Outer Space, the Rift Tracks live version that's on Amazon Prime. Um, because I'm so intrigued by this, but, uh, I had a blast with this movie. I thought it was really funny. Um, very endearing and kind of, you can definitely see Burton sees a bit of himself in this. And I do think this movie, um, him studying to make Ed Wood directly influences Mars attacks. Um, and is kind of like, this is what a B movie could look like if it has a budget and can get people, you know? Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, found it to be very compelling very intriguing a really well-made biopic um that i i just enjoyed like throughout uh and so that made it into my top five so that's it uh have you guys seen ed wood oh yeah definitely i think that one was video store time i did not catch this i don't know that i would have made it to Polk county so i didn't get to see it on the big screen but that you brought up the plan nine Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I wouldn't mind why I mean I guess I could fire it up here sometime but it is it, 
that's the way to watch it. You want to stick to the riff tracks. Yes, yes, for sure. Did you mention Did you mention Max Casella in? Uh... I did not, but I did recognize him. Uh, but I couldn't. Okay. Qu- um, I couldn't quite place him. Like he looked so familiar to me when I was watching yeah. it. You will once you hear it. You're like, oh, uh, he was a uh, what's we call it? Doogie Howser's uh, buddy. There you go. Okay. Um, and then also George the Animal Steel. Yes. Yeah, I did not. I did not. I uh, did not. Who was perfect? Perfect uh, in the role that, and I did not realize that uh, Martin Landau's daughter was in it, and I yes. don't remember uh, Juliet. Um, she she that. plays. Um, she's an actress who. Uh, well, she she basically says she can help finance the movie, but she wants to be in the movie. Uh, uh, she, uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But uh, George Animal Steel is billed as his real name, William James Myers. Uh, if you look on Letterbox. On IMDb, he is billed as George Daniel Steele, so I don't know. Uh, but I, if you're a wrestling fan, you you would recognize him from a, a very far away. He has a very distinctive look, and the body hair, especially, uh, no. stands out. I mean, that was a signature look of his. Um, that's that's not where I would have gone. But, uh, dude, I'm know. sorry. He has very distinctive. Like he looks like a giant bear. Like the his body hair is thick, and it's all over his arms, <laughs> his chest. It was I. I'm a you know, long time WWE fan, WWF back in the day. And so even though his time as a wrestler was before my time of a, being a fan, I was, I was very much in entrenched in wrestling history. Um, so yeah, as soon as I saw him one, the first time we see him, he is in a wrestling ring. And I was like, is that George animal steel? And then I was like, wait, is he playing George animal steel? And no, he's not he's playing <laughs> a guy named Tor, uh, who would be in several of, uh, Ed Wood's films. Um, and also, there's a, a thing I learned about that I didn't know, as I grew up with Elvira, and I did not know there was a 50s yeah. version called Vampira, yeah. um, that the the actual actress, which this is at the end of the film, she sues Elvira uh, in the 80s for stealing her yep. shtick, but loses, apparently. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting, because, I mean, looking at, I remember what I... I stayed up many a Saturday night watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, mm-hmm. and I, that's probably why I, my affinity for Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks and all the other associated productions are, it comes from, because that was, that's what it was. She gave us terrible horror films and interjected from time to time. Yeah. But yeah, the, to me, it looked, seemed very obvious that uh, Elvira is like Vampira's cousin yeah so yeah i mean that's it's there, there was uh, i'm like surprised her. that lawsuit yeah oh yeah uh, the hair slightly different but overall yeah and the premise is the same she do, did the same thing she may not have been as funny as elvira like i think elvira might have camped it up a little bit um i feel like vampira what they show in ed wood at least is more of like a um sardonic indifferent approach to the movie where elvira was very lively and kind of campy um 80s style you know a lot of silly jokes and her it was almost like mocking the character rather than embrace so maybe like a caricature of vampira than a direct I mean, that could be why it's not copyright infringement though is uh, oh, par- parody is yeah is one of the uh, fair use defenses so that's yeah i can see that but um but yeah i i was i really i i liked this movie a whole lot it's one um, I could definitely see revisiting again, uh, and I find the story so compelling because th- I do think the undercurrent, like there's this whole when, when he's making Plan Nine, which wasn't supposed to be called Plan Nine, uh, the the Baptist church that he kind of tricked into funding the movie, <laughs> um, 
suggests the title and he ends up kind of liking that but there's this whole where that's where he talks to orson wells and there's this whole one the fact that edward in this movie at least thought of himself as a parallel to orson wells i mean he admired orson wells he looked up to but like he didn't see orson wells movies and his which were are always considered very art house independent style filmmaking and hit and ed woods being very b backlot studio make it in four days with no budget type movies um he thought they were the same that at kindred spirits and i kind of admire that in a way you know um and and orson welles in the scene which i don't know if it's based on an actual conversation i i highly doubt it but orson welles is so kind to him you know mm-hmm. and i i find that um, I, I like that scene a whole lot and I felt like it, it very much is the uh, here's the theme if you're not getting it but it's all about the art and the artist should be allowed to create what they what their vision is without any without any obstruction and obviously Tim Burton can find that in and of himself and he was kind of been given that opportunity um, through most of his career because you know there's I think Batman Returns if you know the history behind that movie there's a lot of studio interference there but with you know Batman and with um, with Edward Scissorhands, I think that is you're seeing the success of of Pee Wee and Beetlejuice giving him a lot of freedom that you wouldn't have got otherwise, you know. But not to dwell on it, but I, I really did find Edward to be a compelling film. Um, and if you're like me and you've slept on it for a long, long time, uh, check it out. It's it's a good watch. Um, that's my number four. Uh, did that. Um, well, let's go to uh, Corey. We're going to go in order, it sounds like, this time. Corey, what is your number four? My number four is 1990s Edward Scissorhands. What, what? Really? Is that far down on your list? Huh? I know. Yeah. Um, I have my reasons. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing. I love this movie. Um, I don't remember how long it's been since I've watched it, but I love... And now I'm forgetting her name. The person that plays her mother in this Catherine movie. She... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm oh, sorry. No. Wrong movie. I went to the other movie. Diane Weist. <laughs> yes. She Mother. always plays a mom. She um, does. And she's, she plays a great mom. But I she love does. her so much in this movie as the Mary Kay lady. And she's just trying so hard to do her job. And, you know, like, I love the scene where she goes and knocks on the door. And she goes and she's like demoing stuff for this teenage girl and then she's like well i don't have any money after she spent all this time with her (laughs) and i kind of want to just smack her in the nose but um i i really like that um vincent price is in this even though it's kind of a smaller part um i guess just the cast a lot i like the music a lot and we talked about this recently and i'm blanking out on everyone's names right now for some reason oh my god alan are no, I always get his name mixed up because he has two first names. Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a bad guy in this. Mm. I, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my number four. And it was filmed in Bartow, which we talked about recently, too. Uh, Bartow, T- Lakeland, Tampa, I believe, are the three areas. Yeah. Um, I will refrain from talking about it as of right now. Mike, do you have anything to add, or will you also refrain from talking about it for right uh-huh. now? I'm just going to go into my pick. All right, well, then that leads to four? Mike's number four. Yeah, it's my number four. It's your number four. Wow. You guys are surprising yes. me with that. 
Yes. Well, crap, that means I lost, by the way, (laughs) because I had it as your number one. Did what? Oh, because we went for who? The wager. I wagered that your number one would be Edward Scissorhands. Oh, well, no, my num- no, 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 my number four, actually, I'm, I'm going to go into my number four is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sorry. Then we misunderstood. It's not your number four. You're going into your number no, four. No, no. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Four. God, cool. Uh, well, well, part- <laughs> See, I haven't given you anything yet. So um, I don't know that I'm not the – I figured everyone was not expecting Michael Keaton to be Batman ever, um, having – been known for his comedic roles and uh, I think Tim Burton helped uh, in much the same way that uh, Tarantino brought uh, Travolta back and got him going on a second or third time around you know with film I think he got Michael Keaton going and, and, and I just honestly never expected Michael Keaton as Batman and he pulled it off because just the way Tim Burton is uh, this I mean I don't know what we were going to expect. What we expected. It's it's weird because I'm going to bring up the campiness of the Adam West TV series. That's what I grew up on, mm-hmm. pretty much, and I think maybe a lot of us had expected, but that's not what we got, and that's good. We got a Batman that was, in a sense, the way Batman was supposed to be, uh, until we get what really Batman. I felt, you know, that's a whole divisive point where we talk about the Nolan era Batman who are now it's like whoa it's, it's strange seeing it's strange looking back because now that we have the nolan version of batman who is like wow this is set a standard that dc is yet to be able to catch up on i don't know that uh with anything else i hope matt um, reeves come on matt reeves and the batman <laughs> um but you know tim burton just did this it was the batman we we were like whoa and Again, here we are with Jack Nicholson, and you talk about how he likes to work with the same people. I mean, it already worked with a what's the Beetlejuice would have uh, been two years before, I think. Yeah, so or one I year mean, before. Uh, I guess Michael Keaton must have made an impression. I mean, obviously in Beetlejuice, but he del- uh, We brought up the idea of him working on Superman. We could only imagine what it would have happened. He, I think, had that left him a sour taste in. Mouth. I mean, he's not approached any other superhero genre things, has he? Since uh, other than Superman Lives, no. No, that that has killed it for him because I, I did a little reading on that and just the idea of spending at least a year of your time with people that maybe you didn't want to work with and just not having anything to come. You know, that's just a waste of his time. And we see he likes to put stuff out pretty quickly and that thing escalated way out of control and there's all I, I do want to see that documentary I've seen parts of you know where Kevin Smith has shared uh-huh. and whatnot about about that experience but I just uh, I, I don't know people probably figured that would be higher on my list but 1989's Batman uh, who else did he wear um, he stuck with Michael Keaton, I don't remember if he was in any others. I don't know that Kim Basinger worked with him. Jack Nicholson ended up way but later again. But I think that's, I mean, you have Michael Keaton with Beetlejuice and then Batman Returns. Um, and then uh, Jack Nicholson with Mars Attacks. Um, Basinger, I don't believe, ever does again. Um, 
probably some of the the other like character actors maybe, but not that I'm seeing. So yeah, most of this this was unusual for him than that. You know, he yeah. doesn't reuse very many of the. But you got your lead back from and like an unusual, like you said, not who you would have. No one expected Keaton to be Batman. Um, nor were people happy about the announcement when it was made, but um, I will refrain yeah. from saying anything else until maybe later in my list. Maybe. Okay, we'll I'm curious that. because I know I know your affinity for Batman. Yes. So I'm curious where you end up. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, that's Mike's number four. We're moving on to my number three, and I know I if this one's not on Corey's list, I will be very surprised, and it might be sitting in the same spot as mine. Um, I'm going with uh, 1999's Sleepy Hollow. Um, I saw this in the theater and, um, one, I want to point out, cause I don't know if you guys know this, but I just, I just showed this, uh, back in, uh, October, I think to my film two class, um, we were studying the effect season can have on film. And, um, this film is very much fall. Like it feels like fall in every regard. Um, and I have always enjoyed it, but I didn't realize until the screening with my students that Emmanuel Lubezki, um, Academy Award, I'm like, I'm sorry, four-time Academy Award-winning Best Cinematographer is the cinematographer on this film, and it's one of his earlier films, and it, it you know, it's great. Um, Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci, uh, Michael Gambon, Miranda Richardson, Casper Van Dien, which, man poor Casper Van Dien, um, Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> Richard Griffith, Ian McDermott, uh, McDermott, uh, Michael Guff, Christopher Walken, which I think this was my first film experience of Christopher Walken outside of <laughs> Batman Returns, which there's another, uh, Burton, a Burton connection there. Um, Burton's wife, Lisa Marie is Lady Crane in this, um, or not wife, I'm sorry, fiance, but not for much longer because he will meet, uh, Helen and Bob Carter soon after this and that's where he'll go. Um, and there's some other names. Martin Landau's in this for a little bit. Uh, again, another Ed Wood connection there. Um, but I, I just, I am so into this movie. Every time I watch it, I enjoy it. I love the uh, the retelling of the Ichabod Crane story. I like the kind of Sherlock Holmes esqueness to the character that they add. Like he's this criminal investigator. You know, this forensics scientist. early level forensic scientist. Um, I love the the play on supernatural and reality. Um, some of the visuals are so horrifying. Uh, you know, Christina Ricci is uh, apparently very very young in this though, and like <laughs> so there is that kind of gross factor that like Depp is supposed to be the romantic interest there because he's not young in this. Um, by I mean, but it, it is set in a time when that would have been more common than not. Yeah, and I mean he's acting. Um, it's not like they're actually together. Or at least I don't think they were ever. But um, I I still find this movie to be so entertaining, uh, striking, and Christopher Walken with the pointy teeth is maybe one of the scariest images oh. ever. Like he is terrifying as the Hessian. Um, but every time I watch this, I have a blast with it. Um, I, the the it looks so cool. Like just the overall like the cinematography, but the production design. I I had a blast and showing my students. I wasn't sure how it would hold up because it was before 2019 but it was basically 20 years old when i'm showing it and i wasn't sure if the humor would hit because it is it's a dark comedy horror movie like it, there's a lot of humor in this johnny depp especially some of the, like he doesn't handle blood well and that's like a recurring gag in the film and he's not really good at the science like he'll like go to do surgery and like blood squirts on his face 
And, um, man, my kids loved it. I think everyone in the class pretty much had a really good time with the movie. So uh, it holds up, and it's my number three. I remember seeing this in the theater, but I, I that's all I remember. And it's one of those that I'm going to have to probably take another look at again. Hmm. Uh, and that's really the only reason I, I excluded it and didn't include it on my list. Uh, it's not a bad one. And I honestly don't remember Ian McDermott in it. Um, yeah. Um, I might. I think it's McDermott. I think it's not Ian McDermott. It's oh, okay. A, yeah, that's yeah. Why. Um, okay. That's why. That's why I'm but, getting the names mixed up. Um, I I bought this. This is one of the first like quote unquote horror movies I introduced my daughter to, um, because I, I I bought it when I was working at Fye, which would have been 2010, and um, it was like Halloween time. She wanted to watch scary movies, but I was still like I don't know what's okay. And like this is R, but it's like it's not R for the like the scares are tamer than some and you know i was I, I it was probably still a little risky but she liked it and uh that was like why it was in my collection and it's one i've seen several times i don't know it just it clicks for me and it does halloween time comes around this movie feels like halloween it doesn't it's like cause some horror movies don't feel like halloween they're just scary movies this movie feels like the season and i, I like that about the film oh definitely yeah uh, when you talk about that that totally fits in with it. just that whole look and the way they lit it and now I'm gonna have to look at the uh, cinematographer's other work because I'm like okay well oh, Lubeski uh, has won for Children of Men Gravity uh, oh, okay. Birdman or oh, the wow. ver- uh, Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance and The Revenant um, in fact he was the first cinematographer Whoa, to win okay. three years in a row um, I am wow, a bit of wow. an Emmanuel Lubeski file he is um, um, Alfonso Cuarón's uh, go to. Um, cinematographer until this year with Roma where he did the cinematography himself and then he's also worked with Inu- Inu- um, Alejandro Inuritu uh, on both The Revenant and Birdman. Um, he is kind of the master of the long take and uh, yeah, sorry, I am, I'm a bit of a Lubeskophile <laughs> so I was very surprised to see him on this movie because I was like, I know him with Karan and I know him with uh, Inuritu so when I was like, wait a minute, he worked with Burton? Holy cow! And yeah, so... Um, yeah, big, big time cinematographer and this movie is gorgeous. Not, no surprise. He's a master at his craft. Um, Corey, you're, you're being silent, which either means this movie's coming up soon or somewhere on your list. So what is your number three? My number three is 1988's Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice, eh? Yes, I love this movie. I had the good fortune to uh, see a rescreening this past Halloween. I wish I had. It was chosen for one of our uh, classic movies, which is fun. And everybody gets super into it, so that made it even more fun, too, because obviously I didn't see this in the theater, because we won't talk about how old I would have been. But... Like you're old. (laughs) I know! But I just have to keep, like the mystery so when i'm like 50 i can lie and say i'm like 40 <laughs> <laughs> why it's would a, you what what it matters a lot to me i don't know why no, <laughs> it just you does know what? I, I say that as, i say that as i try to always try to angle my selfies right so that <laughs> how old doesn't make me 72 like it's has in the past so when it, get, oh, it made no. me 30 when it made me 36 one time i was really <laughs> quite pleased but i've never been able to recreate that again because that thing hates me. <laughs> I 
it's just something I lie about. So. No, um, I mean, I, that, that, that's that's the, that's truly the joke. It's like, uh, I'm kind of giving you a hard time about the same thing I would do to you. <laughs> thanks. Um, <laughs> I um. Hmm. I don't really know what to say about this movie. I freaking love Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. He, he is just bad. He's bad, you know. Um. <laughs> and I guess that when I was a kid and I wa- would watch this movie, it was one of those movies where I didn't pick up on some of the stuff. And then when I'm watching it as an adult where he's like at the cat house, I don't know the yeah. nice way to <laughs> yeah, say yeah. that. The bordello. You're yeah, like, the bordello. Thanks. The bordello. Um, <laughs> um, just little things like that. I love when they go to the underworld or whatever. Um to visit their caseworker. I I love, actually, some of my favorite scenes are when they're sitting in the waiting room with Miss Argentina. I <laughs> just love Miss Argentina. Um, I, and of course, I mean, why not a writer? I love her so much. And um, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin as the couple. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I f- love, like, I guess the set design in this too I like how it will go from um, like being in the real world and their you know little country house and then this family comes in and tries to like tear it apart and make it all modern and uh, then you know like and then it switches over to the sandworm when they Mm -hmm. try to venture outside I love all those changes Um, yeah I don't really know what else I have to say well I I wanted to rewatch this one uh, and again I mentioned my daughter has not seen it it just got bumped out of my top five because of Ed Wood and Mars Attacks, and I think part of I think part of it is the proximity. Um, I have not seen this in a long time. Um, I I grew up loving this movie. I do think I became maybe disconnected to it because of the cartoon. I feel like the cartoon maybe you know uh, pushed me yeah. off of it a little. I kind of like yeah. oh god, it's too much. Um, but yeah, you can't. Was, was... Yeah, Catherine O'Hara as the mom as uh, Lydia's mom. mom? Stepmom, sorry, Jeffrey Jones, who is uh, another recurring actor in the Tim Burton verse because he is in Ed Wood. Um, Glenn Shaddix, I think, shows up in another Burton film as well. Um, Sylvia Sidney is in Mars Attacks. She's the grandma to Lucas Haas in uh, Mars Attacks, and she is the uh, she plays Juno in Beetlejuice. I think that might be the grandma character, but I don't remember to be completely mm. honest. She's the older lady though in Beetlejuice for sure. Um, I don't know. May- oh, maybe she's the. Oh, oh. my God. She's case the woman worker? that smokes. Yeah, the caseworker. <laughs> oh, I never put that together till just now. That's awesome. So, um, uh, Dick Cavett and Robert Goulet are in this movie, which I yeah. they're the dinner guests. Um, yeah, just it's the cast is great. I I love this movie for sure. Um, I I really want to rewatch it. I wish I'd had more time and I would have watched it. Uh, I definitely want to watch it with my daughter though, because she still hasn't seen it, and I really think she'll love it. I mean, there's some great musical numbers in it. Uh, Oh, Beetlejuice, yes. his commercials mm-hmm. are hilarious. Um, <laughs> kind of making fun of the other commercials. And there's some gen- general scary imagery in this. Um, you know, they try to scare the people, the, like the way they turn their faces and distort themselves. I had action figures of that. Like, I mean, oh, cool. I, I was a fan of this movie uh, for a long time, and I still am. And again, uh, saying it's not in my top five is not an insult. As I noted, my five, my number four to number eight could be moved around and I would still be happy. So this could have easily been on my top five. I felt like it would probably be in both of your top fives. 
So I wanted to throw in the uh, Ed Wood and Mars Attacks where I wasn't sure. I, I was pleasantly surprised that Mike also had Mars Attacks in his... Uh, but I, I felt like, yeah, I want to make sure we get to talk about more than just the same five movies. Because um, I do think Burton has more than five good movies. It's just... I think a lot of our tastes here are kind of congealing for once. We're, a lot of times we're kind of diverse with that. I think with Burton's films, I think we all are kind of falling in similar uh, elements. Not completely identical, but similar. Um, so, yeah, totally get it. And Mike, are you saving yours? Oh, yeah. yeah. I wanted to oh, hop sorry. in for a second. Yeah, of course. So, um, last year was the 30th anniversary mm. of Beetlejuice yeah. and Waxworks. This, yeah, I know. A uh, record company that I really like reissued the soundtrack on vinyl, which is really cool. Nice. Yeah. So I just thought I'm surprised they didn't do more widespread screenings because I feel like there are a lot of people who really love this movie. For sure. And again, it does oh, have yeah. some some major iconic imagery from this film. Like, I mean, God, Miley Miley Cyrus and Robin Thicke a few years ago on the MTV <laughs> Awards, right? He wore the Beetlejuice freaking suit, basically. Oh, Lord. Oh, I tried to wipe that from my mind. I brought it back. Do you really think he knew? I'm going to say yes. Uh, His costume designer, I don't think Robin Think was like, I'm going to pay homage to Tim Burton. Well, and Miley Cyrus was wearing the Beetlejuice haircut, I think. Oof. Oh, Lord. Wow. Take that. Um, And her eyes. she She wasn't wearing much else. Nope. Mm. Not at all. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to... Uh, wait, actually, I had a question about the vinyl. Is it, like, black and white? Like, because I feel like they could have done a really cool, like, spiral the, pattern with black and well, white. Well, they did um, They did one that was, like, Beetlejuice Splatter, which wasn't my favorite. It's, like, white and then has green and purple, like, marbled uh, into it. Yeah. Not my favorite. Um, and that one sold out super fast, like, within... 10 or 15 minutes um and then i got the black and white one where it's kind of half black and half white the packaging looks amazing though that's the same it has a picture the sandworm oh, yeah yeah oh, the sandworm's so cool i always it like is. those sandworms mm-hmm. which was a big recurring element of the cartoon but that leads us to mike's number three mike what do you got um well i this mine this is my sentimental pick i feel uh because several parts of it i didn't realize bartow was included i knew lakeland i figured tampa but i knew lakeland oh. because we've been to the plaza um uh, the neighborhoods the pet the primary color neighborhoods were lakeland neighborhoods i just don't remember where uh but yeah 19, 1990s uh edward scissorhands that added to the fact that winona Ryder is the female lead and there was uh almost enough to push it to possibly first place but it didn't uh there are two others that bested this the world building that uh, honestly not just in this uh, tim burton is uh, adept at doing that and creating this world i mean and using real life places in this case that's i think that's part of it and i that's, i really wanted this up higher up because like oh, I, i've i've been in that plaza i you know and, and i've had hibachi they didn't have that in the movie but i mean we've been there and been able to see where that was and that, that was really that that i'm i've become a fanboy at that point mm-hmm. um so anytime he chooses he is so good at just shaping this uh, whether it's this particular film or any others that are any of his faithful viewers is just going to be entranced by it and this one is one of those films for me that i wish wouldn't end uh, this this updated fairy tale for us for our generation and 
you know, um, just the the idea of Vincent Price creating because we were used to Vincent Price being this creepy kind of character, and in a sense, he is a little a different and different, different off. But he's made this gentle character, gentle creature that would never harm anyone, but for whatever reason, gave him hands that were scissors. So you know, there is that. But maybe he needed more design assistance. Well, um, Corey's already spoke about Edward Scissorhands, uh, and I will, unless, uh, Mike, are you, are you done? Yeah. Okay. Then let's lead into my number two, which is Edward Scissorhands. Um, Edward Scissorhands, Mm -hmm. uh, is on all three of our lists and I expected it to be. I think when people think Tim Burton, this is a movie that immediately comes to mind. Um, in fact, I had a funny moment this week in one of my classes, one of my uh, f- uh, film students who will be graduating this year um, came into my classroom during uh, an academic time where it's it's like kind of free time especially if they have good grades they're allowed to a little more like chill time it's like study hall kind of thing he came into my room with uh, five markers taped to, one to each finger on his hands um, there's not there's no real good explanation he's a very smart kid who's just having a little bit of fun um, but I was just like, what are, you, what are you going for, Edward Marker hands? And stupid dad joke, yes, but this is the type of thing that my brain goes to. Um, and I, I love so much about this film. I actually have taught it a couple of times. One, because it is the most accessible way to teach German Expressionism. Even though this film comes way outside the era marked with German Expressionism, it clearly has that German Expressionistic influence Um which you could say about a lot of Burton's films, but it especially hits here because of the parallels to Frankenstein. Um, and there's so much about the film that I just enjoy. I love Depp's performance. I love um, the the love story that is there, even if it's a little weird. Um, Corey mentioned uh, seeing my, uh, Anthony Michael Hall playing a bad guy and how he nails it. And just a few years earlier, you watch like um, 16 Candles or uh, and you're like, how is this? Or Breakfast Club, and how is this guy this guy? Like, how did he transform so much, but he nails it? Um, I also, I like Diane Weist. I just saw her, I just watched The Birdcage for the first time, and um, she's in that, and then she's in, uh, I'm pretty sure she was in The Mule this year. The, um, the yep, there she is. Uh, she was in The Mule, which is Clint Eastwood's most recent horrible film, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> not that she's wow. bad, but uh, she plays um, a very similar type of mom character again this time she's it's more focused on her ex-wife to Clint Eastwood in the role but nonetheless still a mom um but I think this is my favorite performance from her I love her character in this um I love how she sees him and is initially scared but then sees the need to help him despite his you know scissor hands um yeah and Alan Arkin probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he gives him quote-unquote lemonade uh, and then uh, he gets really <laughs> drunk, and then the next day someone says something about lemonade, and, and Ed throws up. Um, yeah, I I love the film. It's it's funny. It's um, it's heart wrenching at times. It it keeps you on. Uh, you're you're worried for Edward Scissorhands in many many different situations. Sometimes you're worried about how he's going to respond or how he's going to be treated. Uh, we haven't mentioned Danny Elfman at all, which is you know Tim yeah, Burton's. Yeah. yeah well, an interesting thing happened um, that uh, was brought up with uh, a movie that I'm going to wait to say which movie, but um, there's a parallel with uh, Burton and Elfman 
and then Spielberg and John Williams um, in a lot of ways. Like, you know, it's a it's a sign of an auteur. You work with the same people. You like to keep the same people around. Spielberg's used the same cinematographer on almost every one of his films, and he's used John Williams for almost all of his scores. Elfman has done most of Burton's films, and the, the score for this movie, and honestly, I love the score for Batman, um, are, are terrific, and uh, I really can, like, just... You know, the music in Edward Scissorhands has such an impact on the story. Like, the scene where he's carving the ice statue, the first time Winona Ryder seems to really be falling for him until he cuts her hand on accident. But um, that scene, the music is so powerful and really hits the, the tone that we're going for. And I don't know. I, I, I'm very fond of this film. It's a big, uh, big classic for me. And again, yeah, we do have that local connection to it. Um, so... That's my number two. Uh, Edward Scissorhands was Corey's number four and Mike's number three. Um, and so everyone has spoke about the film now. So let's go ahead and move into Corey's number two. Okay. I um, I think that the placement on my list of this one is going to surprise you. But I just think that it's one of his movies that's very easily... It's easy to rewatch. Um, I can't even remember how many times I've watched this movie. My dad loved it. So we would watch it kind of frequently. I went with 1999 Sleepy Hollow. Ah. I love this movie. I can't say anything that you didn't already say, really. Um, I totally agree with what you say about it completely being fall, it, and it feels that way. And, you know, the retelling of Ichabod. Um, yeah, I just love this movie. I, I thought it would be on your list for sure, because we've talked about it in the past, and we we're both big big fans of it um, and, and supporters. It's, it's not a bad thing when I say this, and I'm always afraid that someone who hasn't listened to many episodes will hear this and think it's a bad thing, but it's one of those movies that I can put on when I want to sleep. Yes. No, it's a comfort movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can just totally just go out. But it does have lots of, like what you were saying about, um, you know, Christopher Walken's teeth, uh, just the imagery in this. And I, like, all of his movies are dark, and they are kind of... I don't know, like, muted and very, I don't know, lots of black and white and gray, but there's something about this one that just visually seems so much darker to me. Yeah, it is. Like, being in the woods all the time. Um, I love when they go to the... Is it a Halloween um, gathering, or is it a fest... Uh, I, I don't remember. It's like a, it's like a ball of some sort, right? Like, it's like a fall harvest ball or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I... Yeah, I just love this movie. And I'm not always a fan of Christina Ricci. Sorry. Um, but I really like her in this movie. I, I mean, I, I don't... As Katrina. I haven't seen a lot of her other stuff, but she's great as Wednesday Adams. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think you could have cast <laughs> anybody better, except no. for maybe Aubrey Plaza, if the, the time had been There's... right. Um, but, Ooh, updated. Well, she's, well no, now no, she's too old right now. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's aged out of that role at this point, but... Um, there is like a, I think Absolutely. College Humor has a video of her playing Wednesday Adams. though. if you want to see it, Aubrey Plaza on YouTube, uh, Wednesday Adams, it is a thing. You can see her doing the role and she nails it. Cause I mean, that's literally her shtick anyways. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I expect a sleepy hollow to be on your list. And I, I'm fairly confident. I know what your number one is, Corey. Um, uh, but let's go, uh, to Mike's number two. Well, uh, my last pick I mentioned about building and creating a world and, Again, just going back to that, he's been at it so long, it just comes second nature to him. He just does it naturally. 
And so I jumped in for this pick to 1988's Beetlejuice, which is an experience in and of itself. This was actually, I'll be honest, this was my original number one, but I bumped it down for my actual number one pick. Um, uh, We uh, we genuinely feel we're uh, we're along for the posthumous ride of the death time, I guess, because it's not of a lifetime. Uh, With Lydia Dietz riding shotgun, or probably actually she would probably be driving not being the passenger uh, taking the driver's wheel along this trip. Uh, Winona Ryder being, uh, she's been my crush basically since uh, we're pretty close to the same age so I don't feel guilty saying that when she was in Lucas I was just that was it. She uh, is Never acknowledged my celebrity crushiness. I don't know why. <laughs> I figured after all these years, she would know. That's devotion. Um, I, I've never wavered. I was there. I would have bought her whatever she tried to lift from the store. Rewind if I could have afforded it. Um, the other part of it, and you did mention that you saw it on Instagram. Yes, it was on. It is going to air on Freeform again very soon. I was very sad that I jumped into it about with only 30 minutes left, but at least I could catch some of the... I, 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 this one I missed, let's see, I would have been 15 on this release. I missed it totally. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, this this just sticks and works for me. And Michael Keaton just goes for it. And uh, and that's not even paying attention. To, uh, you guys mentioned Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis. Uh, but everybody, everybody works really well, those numbers, mm-hmm. and I had to dig up the 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 songs because I'm like oh yeah I need that I need to add that in the rotation yeah this this works for me still and should be number one but there's a reason I I bumped it and Corey did send the vinyls to us and I have to yeah, say I saw that they are really cool I actually do like the Beetlejuice splatter though Corey um black my, and white I just there's it, something about it I like black and white but I, the aesthetic of the white with the purple and green although I I will say it actually made me think more Joker. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I'm a big Batman fan, as you guys might know. So Joker, purple, green, and white. Yeah, it works really well for me. Um, so that's what I, I think what drew me to that one. But uh, man, I'm I'm tempted to try to get one because I'm like, man, that looks so cool. Um, if Taylor ends up loving Beetlejuice, that'll be my justification for trying to buy one. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> she collects vinyl, I do not. So I was like, oh, yeah, we need to add this to your collection then. Because um, it looks amazing. But all right. Um, so Mike's got Beetlejuice number two. I mentioned it, it just didn't make my list. It was on my list at first, but, uh, the two newer movies got, uh, pushed on. Um, so my number one, and Mike kind of already called it earlier, it's going to be Batman, guys. I'm a Batman fanatic, and I did grow up watching the reruns of Adam West, and I loved Adam West, but I think the moment that Batman became my 100% hero was the, the day it came out. I'm pretty sure I saw it the day it came out. If it didn't, I saw it in theaters within the first week or two. Um, my mom was not going to mess around. She took me to see Tim Burton's Batman, and I loved it. Um, I, I still... I went through a phase where I hated it, like, in, in like, late teens. You know, where I look back at it with kind of, like, oh, it's so 80s and whatever. And it, it, it is, but it's great. It's still great. It's super campy, but, it man, Jack Nicholson as a Joker does work, although I will say Heath Ledger is my favorite um, I still love Jack Nicholson's take on the Joker or Burton's take on the Joker, whoever you want to give credit to. Um, I do of the uh, the four Batman that are technically in continuity, which is Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. Um, Michael Keaton yeah. is by far the best Batman <laughs> in that group. And honestly, 
having now years away from Christian Bale as Batman, and we've had Affleck as Batman since then, I still think Michael Keaton might be the best overall. Like, because his <laughs> Batman character really strong. Um, his Bruce Wayne is strong because that's the thing. Like, Bale's Bale's uh Bruce Wayne is interesting. I like his take on it. I do think Val Kilmer gets a lot way too much hate. I like Kilmer as Batman. Um, he's very better, better than Clooney, but only slightly. Yes, but um, and then you know I liked I like Batfleck only because of the allusion to the Dark Knight Returns. Um, because that is clearly that Batman, and I like that Batman in the comics. Unfortunately, he didn't get a whole lot of cool moments, and he got bad moments in the Snyderverse. Um, although the scene where he rescues Martha is awesome, except for the fact that he's rescuing Martha because of the shared name of his mother and Superman's. Um, uh, 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 Michael Keaton is ready. He, we need the Dark Knight Returns. Bring him back. I want better yet is I want Batman Beyond with him as old Bruce Wayne. That's fine too. A similar oh. similar look too. Yeah, that uh, also works. Get us a Terry McGinnis. You know, get us some awesome young guy. Terry McGinnis, new re- new evolution. We get Barbara Gordon as the the police commissioner. Like it would be a really cool movie, um, with an allusion to a bigger universe that we could always do like mm-hmm. a, a cut. You know, we could go back and have a Nightwing movie like with a younger version of somebody. You know, um way cooler because that's the thing i think where dc went wrong is like they're trying to do the mcu they should just be doing the gotham verse or gotham verse oh dude elseworlds would be real cool has a whole slew of possibles that you can pick from and just change people around change stories that people are like whoa because they're totally different done different i mean batman year 100 uh which i don't know if you're familiar with that that's i I only picked it up because uh of the artist and writer Paul Pope is one of those niche people. I mean, or we've already kind of seen Batman year one, just do and not just that because there's tons of other else worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it should, that that's the direction they should go. Well, in this movie, uh, let's not, we have to mention, if we're going to talk Batman 1989, <laughs> we have to say Prince, right? Because we get a parade <laughs> sequence <laughs> with uh, a Prince song with Jack Nicholson's Joker, like dancing and, it's a fun, crazy, and he gets that line where where does he get such wonderful toys? Um, that then our our fan, our, our a director that Mike and I are both big fans of. I wish he was our fan. Kevin Smith um, uses that line in Mallrats uh, when he basically recreates the Batman rescuing Vicky Vale scene. Um, <laughs> and um, you know the the but the gadgets are so cool, especially when you look back at the '66 Batman and they're throwing a batarang with a rope to it and scaling a building one step at a time and here this batman has a gun that shoots a grappling hook and then retracts into it like it's such cool little gadgets that burden introduces and we get the batwing and a very cool batmobile i love the 66 batmobile but let's be real that is not a practical crime fighting vehicle but this batmobile totally totally is and has kind of been the foundation for most of the batmobiles that you've seen in cartoons and the other films since except you know, Nolan goes for this big gigantic tumbler, which I still don't. I like. I don't like. I have. I am. I'm kind of back and forth with the tumbler, but um, and then even, but uh, Snyder brought back. I think more of the Tim Burton aesthetic Batmobile, um, and I I love it. Um, it's it's gaudy and it's uh you know it's so <laughs> the big fin on the back. It doesn't really make it's, sense, but gosh, it looks awesome. It's very. It's a very nineties. Yeah. <laughs> look yeah. or the great is good batman batmobile 
but yeah, that's my number one for sure. Um, I don't necessarily, it, it, I don't even necessarily think it's Tim Burton's best movie. It's just I love Batman, and and my aunt. I feel like I've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, my aunt made me my birthday cake that year, and she made a Batman cake. Uh, so it was all black icing with the yellow logo <laughs> so everyone's teeth were like black yeah, yes. i'm sorry i just had an imagination that yeah. everyone after the party looks like oh you all need some dental yeah because you know food coloring <laughs> oh and man teeth. that would have been a great photo though. oh yeah and i'm sure that i have yeah. some circulating somewhere but yeah they are uh but i, I always love that cake and it, it always reminds me of this movie and my aunt is a big tim burton fan in fact so it only made more all the more sense for her to do that for me um because she is you know, she That's loves cool. Johnny Depp. She loves Tim Burton, and I know Depp's not in this, but obviously they work together a lot. Uh, my whole, my fourth three and two are all starred by Johnny Depp. So, <laughs> you know, um, and he's on all of our lists somewhere because of of his connection with Burton. But all right, that leads to Corey's number one. What do you got, Corey? Oh my God, what do I have, guys? Oh, uh, Big Fish. Yes, from two thousand three. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't pick one favorite movie of all time so i have three and oh. this is one of the three oh, um wow. yeah i can't just pick one um and this is his best movie he's never going to top it i i love everything about it the cast the story i love you know um that the son is like having this problem with his dad and he thinks his dad just likes to talk and make up tall tales and be the center of attention and maybe he does like to be those things but this is really his life he's just embellishing um it's just beautiful i love it so much and i'm surprised that you i feel like you just need to finish watching it because oh i did Corey. i watched oh, it on saturday it is uh oh um, one of the four movies that I watched, uh, that and, and did it make it on your list? It did not make it into the top five. Um, I did cry. I cried at least twice. Um, and it didn't help that Albert Finney just passed away a month ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so he's there. Um, I, I, there were things that didn't click with me. Um, I'm currently, I'm, I'm about halfway through the blank check episode about this movie. Um, and that always helps kind of make me reevaluate my own thoughts and whatnot. Um, but uh, I, I definitely like this movie. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not sure where... it Right now, it's sitting at number eight on the total list of Burton films. Um, so it, it got beat. Uh, Beetlejuice is ahead of it. And I'm going to piss you off because I know you don't like this movie. But I like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So... Oh, I don't... Okay. No, we saw that in We saw it together. together. We did, yes. I, yeah. I, see, I thought you liked it, but I felt like recently we talked about it and you said you didn't like it. But it's Alice in Wonderland you don't like, right? No, I don't like Alice in Wonderland. Okay, so that's way down on my list. But um, Charlie is... I I, I know... I, I want to preface. I love Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. Yeah, that... Way yeah. over. Can't touch it. But yeah. I have... Johnny Depp's performance in Charlie and Chuck Factory makes me laugh so much that I, I can't help but enjoy it. Um, I find his quirky, weird, like, Ed Wood-type performance uh, so great. But that's not my number uh, one, nor is it Corey's. But um, Big Fish, I did finally watch. I was I was committed this weekend. My goal was to watch Ed Wood and uh, Big Fish and Mars Attacks. What I squeezed in extra was I watched The Corpse Bride, um, which I had not seen. And uh, I liked Course Ride quite a bit, actually. I was a little surprised. Um, I don't love it. But I, one, I didn't know it was a musical. Um, and two, I, I didn't know the story. And I actually kind of liked the story a lot more. Um, 
even though I did find it extremely predictable. Like, I knew what was going to happen very early, but it's a kid's movie, so I kind of give a little forgiveness for that. But um, Big Fish, though, definitely a strong film. Um, and I love Ewan. Ewan's great. Uh, I did kind of... Uh, Billy Crudup felt... I like Billy Crudup a lot, but there is something about his character that did not click for me as much as I would have expected. Um, although I did love uh, Hel- Helena Bonham Carter... Um, Jessica Lange, I, I tend to like. Uh, Marion Cotillard, who plays his wife, I thought was really, really great um, in this. And then you get some Burton regulars, like Missy Pyle shows up in this film, and then she'll be in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, as one of the moms. Steve Buscemi, uh, Danny DeVito, and then Deep Roy, who is the uh, uh, Oopalumpus in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Is yeah. In this. Um, there's some weird scenes in Big Fish. I that, really like Alison Lohman as young Sandra Bloom, yes, too. Agreed. Mm. I think they did such a great job casting her and Jessica Lang for that part. And I, I really love the love story at the center of of Bloom's character, though. Um, that he's always driven for her. Mm. But um, the Danny DeVito werewolf thing that never gets brought up again is so, is so frustrating for me. <laughs> like... I need more explanation <laughs> why he's a werewolf. It seems so uh, random. It's, maybe it's the hair. Well, maybe. that's how he gets the answer. He doesn't have to be in whatever what is that You're called? Right. Servitude. You're right. That, that is his freedom. Uh, but man, that's uh, I do love the last shot is of him as a werewolf though. Is Well, him coming back from being a werewolf is him sitting on the log scratching his head with his foot. Like, <laughs> it's so funny it's such a Danny DeVito scene like it's like uh, it's it, oh man wait are you saying Danny DeVito is a wolf man I'm saying he is a weird man and he very rarely <laughs> plays anything but uh... dude and Helena Bonham Carter plays three three technically roles in this. Yeah. technically two right because it's the young and old version it's of Jenny, the same character Jenny, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. but I she, I feel like she's an underappreciated actress because of the amount of Tim Burton films she's done. Um, well, sometimes I think she's really great, and then sometimes I'm like, eh. Well, I love Helena Bonham Carter. I got to tell you, but she is also known as the homewrecker. Typically, whenever she's involved in a film, she will go after probably the director or someone like that. And it's she's mm-hmm. done it before prior to Tim Burton. I still love her. I don't care. Uh, she's amazing, um, but and they're not together anymore, right? No, they are not. No, uh, they've moved on. I think she probably went on to another director. Um, oh God, I'm gonna Wikipedia this right now. I I think it's it's she and Renona Ryder are, are reputations that I feel badly about. That's why you know ever listen. I don't care about whatever people say. But I, so broke up a little bit. I think you said you don't care whatever what other people say. Why not? Yes. Okay. Winona, yes. About Winona. Sure. I want to make sure if she listens that she heard that. So, um, yeah. All right. Yes, well, big, you, big fish. Um, Corey's not, not just her favorite Tim Burton film, but one of her favorite films of all time. Top three tied. Um, I, I definitely Jeez. like it. Yeah. I, my favorite moment though, is it's the, uh, it's the money shot, if you will. Um, when he sees her for the first time at the circus and time freezes, that it's such yes. a stunning little sequence um, with the popcorn like, in the air moving, and that's what I'm hoping. I mean, they're in a big top. I'm hoping that we get some more of that in Dumbo. 
Yeah, and apparently how he got Danny DeVito to do Dumbo was he he called him, uh, this is according to Blank Check, which they seem to know their stuff, um, but that he called DeVito and said, we have to do finish our Big Top trilogy because of the Penguin um, <laughs> and uh, his Big Fish, and then now he'll be Clever. the ringmaster in Dumbo. So I don't know if that's accurate, but that is from Blank Check. I've quoted them a lot, but they are doing a big uh, Tim Burton retrospective right now, essentially, so... Um, I'm listening to them by coincidence. Uh, one, I'd seen most of the films they were already doing, so I don't usually listen to an, uh, their show if I haven't seen it. Now that I've just watched basically all of Burton's films, I'm going back and re-listening to a few episodes. And yeah, um, really great podcast. I, I enjoy the show very much. They do uh, tangent quite a bit, but once they get going, it's awesome. Um, all right, Mike, where where at you, man? What's your number one? Okay, um, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not because I do like this pick. It was almost accidentally left off the list, mm. um, and it sees Bert, John, uh, Johnny it sees Tim Burton working with Johnny Depp again, not adapting a book or a novel, or uh, but an almost impossible to believe true life story of Ed Wood, of course, including some oh. hyper hyperbole. Oh. Um, Easily considered one of the worst filmmakers to ever have lived and produced yep. features. Um, I thought the casting of Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi was inspired. I mean, he went for it. Uh, if I remember correctly, Lugosi's family took some issue with the way he was portrayed on screen. Uh, but I could totally see. I mean, at that point, Bella Lugosi was in a difficult time in his, his career. His career is basically over. Horror has taken a turn. This is the way of Hollywood. They take you in chew you up and spit you out uh unless you have anything of you know value to provide to them that's just the way the hollywood way sadly uh it's unfortunate but that's that's just the way it is um where am i the other thing that i would figure is that edward would have been denigrated in this uh, in the way that going into the disaster artist would be you know you figured that would yeah. be the treatment of tommy was so uh, but that's not the case. I, I, I certainly didn't feel. I mean, there are some scenes no. that are played for laughs, some bits that are tad over the top, some campiness for sure. That I, I mean, would definitely have fit. I could totally, I would imagine that's probably close to what happened. Uh, but uh, it's there's some uh, a level of respect. There's some respectfulness of its subject. One that uh, this one it went under my radar. The only reason I knew of it, let's see, '94, I would have been working at the video store and probably gotten a screener and. The, uh, I'm pretty positive Paul Kenny did not get this. This is one of those niche. Yeah. Uh, you know, not a whole lot of people. Nowadays, yes, we would see it more, but at that time period, that just fell under a ton of people's radars, and that's shameful. More people. So I think that's why I wanted it in my number one position. More people should know about it. Agreed. Um, and just, it's fun all around. Uh, just be warned if you dig up the original Plan 9 from Outer Space or any of the other works. All on Prime, uh, by the way. The black oh, and white wow, and the oh, color of Plan wow, wow. 9 are both on yeah, Prime. Uh, there is a Plan 9. I don't think they call it a from Outer Space, but there is a Plan 9 that was a more recent version. Oh. It does not look that good. I think it's just strictly called Plan 9, but I don't know what service it's on. It does not look good, but I would give it a try. Um, uh, campy horror, that's me. Uh, sometimes I want actual, you know, visceral horror, but not. Sometimes you just need to just watch some silliness, and that's why Ed Wood is my number one pick. Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad I watched this. Um, I I think for me it could end up higher on my list in time because of I, I have such 
I'm, I'm, I've realized about myself, I love movies about movies and, like, about making movies and stuff. Uh, being the fan that I am, I love seeing filmmakers kind of fan out on the thing that they love. Oh, you uh, would have loved that. Uh, I surely could imagine your expression where they're filming without a permit and they're yes. like, run! Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, before he says it, I'm watching, I'm like, they, I bet you they don't have a permit. And then that scene, and he's like, oh. we don't have a permit. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> Cause, oh, and then trying to coax the, the, the octopus, oh, they'll never notice. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, God. Dude, that. the one take wonder this guy was. Like, he, every time no. he's like, let's do another take. <laughs> nope. Cut it. Print. I'm like, no. What are you doing? Like, yeah, I, man, um, I was definitely, that, that was the only thing I felt bad. I wish I'd seen it in the theater only because I kept Googling stuff about him while watching the movie. Mm-hmm, Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Ooh, I'm so interested. I want to know. So I, I definitely missed moments because I'm looking at my phone, but I'm looking about the movie or I'm looking about like Bella Lugosi. Cause when they hinted at the drug addiction, I was like, man, yeah. what, what yeah. addiction did he have? Cause you know, um, so I, like, I went reading and I found a YouTube yeah, interview with him, um, right after he got out of it. And like, you know, um, I, I also listened to another podcast called The Secret Hollywood History, and um, <laughs> it's the the series I'm listening to is about Val Luton, and Val Luton ends up working with Boris Karloff. So I've become a really big fan of Boris Karloff through that podcast, and then Ooh, I didn't realize Lugosi and him had such yeah, a feud. Mm, um, no. Yeah, and that like when he, he I don't remember what he calls him, but he calls him a, a mean name. Uh, and it's really yeah, funny. it's not very nice. No, but it's super funny. That scene cracked me up. Yeah, no, but it, it's like it gives you an idea because Karloff had taken over and done all the makeup stuff, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, Lugosi's thought of having a portrait. How can you see a portrayal under all that makeup, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, and that is um, not really acting. It's just the makeup selling Right, it. it's just under makeup. Um, one thing that I – and I'm glad it didn't because it would have taken away from the tone. It's just in Ed Wood's later years, just kind of the de-evolution because he ended up doing he goes, whatever like, he could. He nudie flicks, for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just – that's again. That's the nature of Hollywood. Once, well, to be there's fair, no use. He was never really in Hollywood. Like he yeah, was there. That's true. That's true. He, he infiltrated like a studio that was putting out junk. Um, it was like a, a early day trauma almost. Um, <laughs> oh, if only. Uh, yeah, if only. If only. If only. his time. Um, yeah, right. If if he was existent into in the time with trauma, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, definitely. I think. Uh, Burton's done some really great stuff, and w- there's other movies that we could talk about and say honorable mentions. But I think instead we're going to turn the tables because, well, well actually, and you mentioned trauma, but honestly, Roger Corman was making films way back in the day. It was so, oh, I mean, it, yeah, and he, but the difference was his his were turning money and making a profit. Yep, yep, and Ed Woods didn't get an audience. Um, in fact, I I I felt like the one scene that I didn't understand when they go to their premiere. And the people are like losing their mind at the at the premiere. I didn't understand why they were losing their mind like that. Like why they were like so violent and aggressive. Because they hadn't seen the movie yet, or at least that was my understanding. They were there. Like maybe they were late, but still, like why were they so angry? Um, that part kind of mm, threw me yeah, off. Not sure. But mm. uh, at least the movie doesn't really explain like why that happens, um, and especially in the way that it happens because they're not celebrities. So like people wouldn't have been. Like Lugosi is, but they—that's not. They're they're throwing popcorn and then they chase them out and they were like, their car is being dismantled. Like none of it made sense to me. 
Um, maybe it's just to accentuate the fact that they're really, really outcasts. And yeah, or I mean, maybe they they were in like a really bad part of town, and that's the only place that would show their yeah, movie. Yeah, they could premiere it. That's possible too. Which, but I don't feel like it's clear in the film. Like I didn't understand. It, it, pre- it premiered in our town there in the 1950s. Yeah. Yep. All right. So as I was saying, though, uh, instead of honorable mentions, we're gonna do dishonorable mentions. Um, these are this, these are movies that are from Tim Burton that were just real quick. Uh, aren't don't don't work for us uh, for one reason or another. Um, so I I'm set to go first. So uh, I think everyone would agree if you've seen it, the worst Tim Burton film to date is the Planet of the Apes uh, remake <laughs> from 2001 with uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Um, Come here, little monkey. Come Tim here. Roth, uh, man, it is it is so mm. bad. Um, mm. And the cast is not bad. The cast is kind of mm-hmm. crazy because um, I mentioned Wahlberg, Tim Roth, Helena Bonham Carter, of course, Michael Clark. Chris Christopherson, which is debatable. Paul Giamatti, Estella <laughs> Warren, um, Glenn Shattuck shows up again, um, and just a bunch of other like, uh, and Lisa Marie again, um, a bunch, a bunch of other people. But man, that movie is trash, like all the way around. But that's not the one I want to really d- mention. I want, I feel like it's poetic because my number one is Batman, but the Burton movie that I can't bring myself to rewatch is Batman Returns. Oof, yeah. I can't stand DeVito as the Penguin. It is Mm-mm. the... Of all the changes that are made to the Batman, you know, universe throughout the different movies, this choice to make the Penguin this way bothers me so much. Not only is it horrible to watch him, like, hold... I still can't... I haven't seen this movie in years, guys, and I can't shake the imagery of him eating the fish, like, in his oh, hands, ooh. and just, like, dripping, and it's got, like, the black, oozy blood that he has for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, he's, and the white suit that's so dirty, because God knows mm-hmm. it hasn't been washed. It just, everything about his character grosses me out. And I've never been able to shake it. Um, and there's other issues I have with Batman Returns, but, uh, and I'm not even saying it's a bad movie, but for me, it is just one that I cannot get past so much of it especially when you compare it to the first batman film which i find to be a lot of love for batman the second movie batman's like a not even the main character it's it should be called catwoman um and no offense <laughs> like i i don't dislike that take on catwoman although the supernatural element kind of bothers me as a batman fan uh, that she's like dies and brought back by being licked by cats like mm, no thank you but um wait is that wow that's yeah not, yeah that's how it worked but yeah still. Um, so things like that bug me, uh, but yeah, mainly it's the penguin, but that's my dishonorable mention. Um, Corey, uh, you, again, you mentioned your troublesome relationship with Tim Burton. What is your dishonorable mention? And I'm going to get so much hate for this and I just don't have time to (laughs) whatever. Um, I did not like, but I saw it in theaters, Sweeney Todd. I, that's my next one on my dishonorable mentions. It's it's really, I thought you liked Sweeney Todd. I, not really it grossed me out so much just like the penguin the pies freaked me out so much see i thought you liked that movie Mm -hmm. for some reason no i i i need to re i want to revisit it because i've i've grown to like musicals more since then but i yeah i also did not like sweeney todd um i I thought yours was going to be like alice wonderland or corpse bride but it went sweeney todd's well i didn't put them in any order um and then i have the corpse bride I, I just put his whole filmography in in order. Um, oh. So, like, I have a letterbox list that I'll publish later when we pu- publish this episode that is, like, all of his movies in order by me. 
as of right now, which are definitely, you know, subject to change at any time. But, um, yeah, uh, but planet, uh, the, the three at the very bottom are the three I haven't seen yet. Dumbo, Dark Shadows, and Big Eyes. But the others are in order. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. Although, um, I, th I think there were moments in Sweeney Todd that I thought were kind of cool. But overall, I was not into the movie. Um, go ahead. You know, I just need to say this. I don't even remember. Does the Regal Cinemas in Lake Wales, do they have everybody's favorite movie on their name tag? They do. Mm -mm. They okay. do. I, never I sh shouldn't be so judgmental, but it just, I don't know. No, Sometimes I do that when too. when I see their favorite movies, I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. Have other movies? I, <laughs> I, I jokingly commented on another reviewer's Instagram today because I um, forgot what he posted. He posted something about like, you know like in this movie despite what people said i'm like i'm like look always remember movies are always subjective and they're meant for different people however if you don't agree with me you're wrong and your taste sucks but like <laughs> the last part was a joke like it's supposed to be sarcastic like because that is i feel like most movie like we all come to a movie with that in mind but we will also tell you you're stupid for not liking what we like because they're they're so personal when we love a movie like we can't imagine that you don't agree with us sometimes when they're bad they're just bad Sorry, I, I feel like I'm having the cafeteria scene. I think Donkey Kong is the best yes. video game weather. You, you suck. Yeah, Donkey Kong <laughs> sucks. <laughs> um, all right, Mike, what's your dishonorable mention for uh, what's the Tim uh, Burton movie that didn't click for you? Oh, I have several. Oh. They have a common theme. It's not just one. Uh, oh. It's funny. It's Sweeney Todd's there. Planet of the Apes is there. Dark Shadows is there. Alice in Wonderland is there. And Frankenweenie is there. Their common thing that they have together. I didn't stay awake for any of them. Oh, man. Oh, I fell heck. asleep. And that's a bad sign. It's not because I felt comfy. It's because I couldn't care less about them. I just did not get into them. I saw Frankenweenie, and, Frank and, is... and I don't remember it. You and saw that's... what? Frankenweenie. Oh, I remember when it was just a short. I didn't ever see the full movie. Yeah, that was but his that, Apparently, first you're short. not missing anything. Um, well, great. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, I stayed awake for... I, I'm sure in the theater, but any any time else, that's probably the only one of those. But that's 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 a major regret of mine that I stayed awake through in that one. So yeah, that was okay. really bad. Tim Roth is horrible in that, and not not even everyone like, is. No, yeah. no, I mean the whole thing overall, I, I, it it just didn't work. And uh, I'm glad they've turned that's the franchise around. Oh, yeah. it's so different now. Let's be uh, real though. But, is, is Planet of the Apes the worst Wahlberg movie, or is The Happening the worst Wahlberg movie? The Happening! God, I hate okay. that movie! All right, so, you know, remember, no, coming back to, uh, remember I <laughs> mentioned topic. a podcast that, uh, I, there's a, a horror podcast that's mostly uh, called Dead Meat, hmm. and it's a boyfriend-girlfriend, uh, the only thing I, and, and I, lo I love the podcast, it's just they are constantly reminding us that they're film students, I'm like, okay, um, that, that's only a minor quibble but they did a bit about roger ebert's reviews and the kind of a game guess which review which film they're talking about oh. guess what he reviewed the happening as uh, and on a scale of one to four stars i'm gonna say three yeah wow he liked it that's yeah, great and the See, only I, way to watch that is with the, the riff tracks the riff tracks version is the only way to watch that yeah that's a brutal movie um and I'm a Shyamalan fan. That's the thing. Like I am a Shyamalan me, supporter. Let me think. Let me think. Give me just give me two seconds. Oh my god. What? No. Um. <laughs> but so, 
to wrap up, listeners, one, if you are like many people, you must be thinking, how could all three of them leave off the Nightmare Before Christmas? And what you would be doing? I've never watched it. I've never watched it. That's mind-boggling, Mike. That is mind-boggling. But I know I get so much judgment on that. It's not a Tim Burton directed film. It is a Tim Burton written film. It is directed by uh, Henry oh, Selznick, okay. and is yeah. almost always confused because I believe it is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. That the is title. the title. But it is yeah. not his directing, and I only picked his directorial films, so it was never eligible for my list, um, especially because I am a big fan of Leica Studios, which is where Henry Selznick would then go and start, uh, found Leica, which you would get Coraline, um, Box Trolls, which I still have not watched, so I say I'm a big fan, and I've not seen one of their four movies. Watch it. Um, uh, Paranorman, which is similar tonally to Frankenweenie, and um, not similar story, but similar tonally. And then my favorite of the Leica films is Kubo and the Two Strings, which I freaking adore. Um, so good. And I cannot wait. Uh, well, I'm kind of apprehensive about the Missing Link movie or whatever it's called that's coming out. But it's Leica, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is a great film. I do love it. But I did not count it because it is not a Burton-directed film. Which, Corey, I don't know why you left it off. Because I would have thought if it was just anything he's attached to that you would have had this in your top five because you're a huge fan of nightmare before christmas yeah but i did directing too okay so you use the same criteria it was not <laughs> set forth ahead of time but no. um i can't believe mike you must check that out it's a really great movie um plus uh, link 182 reference it in one of their songs yes yes i know i i i i am just afraid that i am going to be one of the few that has the unpopular opinion Oh my God! Lock, sock, and barrel are red. Well, there is an uh, ne- there is a um, a theory out there uh, that Frank and Weenie, Corpse Bride, and Nightmare Before Christmas same universe. are all the same universe. Yeah, that there's a character connection between all of them. Um, I don't know how. It's not from Burton, so I don't know how accurate it is. But there's definitely similar themes and uh, traits within the characters, but I don't know that they're identical. But nonetheless, um, that is our top five Tim Burton films. We are all slightly anticipating Dumbo. Um, I'm probably the most apprehensive because I don't have a strong affliction, affliction, uh, no, of affection, affection. There it is, for the, you have an affliction? I have an affliction for Dumbo. Um, I am allergic to elephants, um, and peanuts. No, I'm not, uh, but Whoa. I, yeah, I'm not, I, I kid. I'm sorry. Those who please don't be offended. If you have a real peanut allergy, it's a very serious thing. Nobody should joke about such things. Why but am I laughing? It makes me afraid I when I bake for people. Yeah. It's a serious, it's a serious issue. I, I, I I meant no harm. Um, anyways. I, I, my family would be in trouble. All I fry in is peanut oil. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be bad. Um, nonetheless, listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts, so you can reach out to us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star. Two R's on the end. And Mikey? At Server Mikey. And yes, you can remind me to watch A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, and any other. Uh, if you like Big Eyes or Dark Shadows, um, two I have not seen. No. Um, feel free to defend those. And You're wrong! <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Top 5 episode. Um, in the meantime, you can listen to Burke Reviews Movie Club. Corey and I are finishing up our month of Jeff Bridges movies. Um, we just uh, reviewed Bad Times at El Royale, and we're going to be doing the last picture show on our next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've seen some really great Bridges films. Um, and uh, Mike, I don't know how you feel about Tron, but Corey and I, not a fan. Not a fan of Tron. <gasps> Oh, Mike's a fan. <laughs> I, I feel like it might be if you watched it in the 80s, 
it's great, and if you watch it now for the first time, it just does not. Work. You're coming in. You're coming into it after seeing Tron Legacy, and you have to watch the original. Before I have not seen watch. Tron Legacy. I've not seen Tron. Legacy. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it'll make you appreciate Tron Legacy more. I I loved Tron, but that was my era. Yeah, yeah. Nope. And that was this. I mean, I was technically born the year it came out, but it it did not click for either of us. I did like Bridges in it, mind you, but I didn't care for the movie itself. Um, but nonetheless, uh, listen to Burke Reviews Movie Club. You can also listen to any of our other podcasts, um, like Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast that I do with Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, uh, .co.uk. And um, the movie, the podcast I do with Matt on his site is Movie Astrology, where we look at a year in movies, and I give a horoscope for that year, like, you know, like Chinese uh, horoscopes. We dub it the year of blank, and I write a long-winded uh, horoscope, usually full of movie references. So... Until the next time, folks, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, and check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movie-verse as something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. <laughs>